Hello, and welcome to Maverick Messages. My name is Weston Colvin, and I'm a freshman at Providence Baptist College. If you're ready to be inspired and to change your life for the better, take a listen. Psalms 34 and verse number 8. And the Bible says in the first part of that verse, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. Good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is good to us, isn't he? Amen. He has been good to me, and many of you could testify the same. And uh, But I want to ask you a question today. If the Word of God, it talks about taste and see, taste and see. We're going to eat a lot of fun, great stuff for Thanksgiving coming up. Looking forward to that. You have your favorites. I have my favorites. And we look forward to those things that we get to do during Thanksgiving. But if the Word of God had a taste, what would it be? If it had, if, if we could describe a word of God in a taste, it, what would it be? Well, Psalms, a few uh, chapters over, in Psalms 119, verse 103, it says, How sweet thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's word is sweet. God's word is sweet, and it compares it to honey and the fact that God's word is sweeter than honey. So we do know that today. And if I wanted to convince you, I brought, I brought a little honey from camp. Uh, we have oh, bees over there. I've told you about them before. But I got a little bit of honey today. This is about seven pounds. Those bees worked hard to do this, all right? If I wanted to convince you, and this, is, we're, and this isn't necessarily the message. This is just kind of an illustration to start us off, though. Um, if I wanted to convince you that my honey was good. See, it's your job to convince people that God is good right? But if, it, if I wanted to convince you that my honey was good, I could stand here for a long time and tell you why this is better than others or anything else I've tried. And I could lecture you for hours, or I could simply just let you taste and see. So, do I have any volunteers? Okay. All right. All right. Oh my goodness. I didn't know I had that many. All right. Let's see. All right. All right. Come on up. I'll take one there. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Chloe, come on up. All right. I need one more from this section here. Rosella, come on up. Okay. All right. The first person is going to be the luckiest. Okay. Because you're going to stick your finger in there and then the other two have. No, you're not going to do that. I do have a spoon for you to share. So the first one is going to be lucky. All right, come on up here. Come on up here so we don't, don't miss. All right, so I could tell you, I could tell you and talk to you for a while, but for you to start to see and experience, see what that art did? Taste and see. Wow, that's a lot of honey. I shouldn't have dipped it that deep in there. All right, hold that for me for a second, Chloe, right there. Just let it drip off, okay? So just try to get it. Hold it up a little bit more. I'm going to give you a little bit, a little less. All right, Rosella, here you go. Here's a little bit for you to taste. And I got, you can just drip that off. Whenever you're ready, you can, you can just roll that over and try it. Okay? All right, there's some for you. My bees worked hard. So, you got a chance to taste it. Now, what is going to be the difference? These three have an advantage that you don't have. You got to hear about it. They got to experience it. They have a much, bit, a much different experience uh, and, and uh, viewpoint than you do. 
right? Naturally so. And the message today is show and tell. Show and tell. You could have a seat. We're going to have a word of prayer, and I'm going to get into the message this morning. Show and tell. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Heavenly Father, I pray you please bless this message today. Thank you for the students. I pray, though, that you'd uh, uh, be with this message. I pray you'd help me as I work through it, and that you'd be a blessing to the, uh, those that are here today. In your name, pray. Amen. Show and tell. When I was 11 years old, uh, my teacher in school told us that we were going to have a show and tell. And I'm in the fifth grade right now, and she said, bring in one of your most prized possessions, and we're going to do a show and tell at, at school tomorrow. Well, I immediately knew what I wanted to bring. Um, <clears throat> at 11 years old, I had worked for a long time. I was mowing lawns and saving up my money, and uh, I had bought a go-kart, and it was my prized possession. And I wanted to bring this for show and tell. So I asked my teacher if I could do it, and she said it would be okay. And so after everybody left from school that day, my dad and I came back to school, and we picked up my go-kart and brought it into class, covered it up with a tarp or a cloth, and, and it was sitting in the front of class. Now, I didn't really think totally through this because the next day came around. We showed up in class before show-and-tell started and opened the door, and it hit you. Boom! I forgot to empty the gas tank, and so it smelled quite a bit in there that day. So I was excited. I was waiting all day for show and tell to start, because I had told my friends about my go-kart before. They had heard about it, but the second, as an 11-year-old boy, the second I pulled that tarp off and they got to see it, they knew that I had won. It was like mic drop at 11 years old. I had won show and tell. It wasn't necessarily a competition, but I had got to show them what I had been telling them about for so long. Do you know, when you get to show somebody, it takes a lot of words out of it. Those people, I didn't have to convince you that the honey was good, that you got to try it. You got to experience it, right? To show and tell. Um, I hate I hate going to the grocery store. I don't like going to the grocery store. I don't like shopping. But, you know, if I had to go on a certain day, it would be a day that they're, that they're giving out samples. I don't mind that. I like when I go to the grocery store and you can sample things. We got this grocery store in my town where I grew up, and they have, like, the best products, premium stuff in every department. And when they do, um, when they do uh, samples, I mean, you can feast there. I mean, it is so good. And things you've never tried before, you get to experience. And it's one thing for that product to be on the shelf and you to walk by it every week, but then for them to open it up, put the fork in and give you one of their pickles or one of their uh, whatever it is, a sample of their uh, chicken that they made or their sauces that they made, and you get to experience it, you are going to be a believer. You're going to have a much better experience after you try it and more willing to buy it, right? And so there is a difference between telling someone about something and showing them is a great, there's a big difference in it. I read a story in a, um, in a book by an evangelist. It's about 110 years old. And um, this man, this preacher, was telling a story about him walking through a train station. He was walking through a train station, and there was a man there trying to sell apples to the people as they come by on the, on the platform. And he was yelling, apples, apples, and he's trying to sell them apples. And he was failing miserably. 
He had no, he was not, he wasn't, he wasn't selling any apples. I mean, he was, it was just pitiful. People were just walking by him because he's just yelling apples. And this preacher came by and he said, let me help you out, son. And he said, and he took one of the apples off the cart. And all he did without saying a word, he grabbed this apple and he held it up like this and started examining it like that. And people walking by started to take note. He took out his, he took out his handkerchief and he began to rub it and, and to shine it up so it would really shine. And he began just admiring it and looking at it. After that, he took out his knife and he cut into it. He took his pen knife out and he cut into it and you could hear the crisp and you could hear how good it was. And he looked at it and he took a bite. Time out. Let me finish this. You know, here, I'm never thirsty in church until the preacher stops and gets a drink of water. Come on, are you ever there? That's me. I didn't know I was thirsty. And then the preacher's like, one second. And you're like, oh. I didn't know I was dying of thirst until this very minute. Isn't it true? So in this illustration, he said he held it up, he cut it off, began to eat. And people started lining up to buy the apples. Why? Because instead of telling them that he had the best apples, he showed them, and they all wanted apples. And you didn't know you, don't, you wanted an apple until now. Right? All right. Oh, no. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Back in our text verse, the Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We, in fact, as more mature Christians, we're not, we haven't been saved a week or a year, but majority in the room have been saved for a while. You've been able to experience that God is good. You've been able to see and, and, test, it and test that God is good. You've been through trials. This was just like the, the gentleman sang about a minute ago. To the point that God has come through for you at different times when you were in great need. And you know that God is good. But how are the lost supposed to know that God is good? How are they supposed to know that? They have no form of reference. And it's not enough to just tell someone that God is good. We must show them that God is good. They've never experienced, they have no form of reference. They don't know who God is. They've never experienced his goodness in their life. But you have. So it's not enough to just tell them that God is good. We must show them that God is good. Show and tell. Let them sample Christ through you. Just like that sample day at the grocery store, let them sample Christ in you. Have you ever heard the phrase, a few good men? What, where is that tagline attached to? Who is that attached to? What group of people? Just a few good men. Marines. Marines. I've heard that saying for my whole life. Yes, the Marines, just a few good men. What do we know about the Marines? They got a few good men. The, the men in the Marines are good. They're good men. I, frankly, and, and tongue in cheek, I could care less if they're good men. Like, it doesn't, do, it doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, this is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't mean anything to me. But last Friday, I went to Menard. 
And uh, I was getting some things for the camp. We were winterizing. We went to camp yesterday and we're winterizing, so I needed RV antifreeze. And we were going to winterize the pipes. And so I had these big boxes of RV antifreeze. And they were in my cart. And um, I was out in the parking lot and I'm about to load them into my truck. And right when I was about to load in my truck, this guy behind me walking into Menard says, Hey, let me help you with that. Are those heavy? Let me help you with that. And I quickly said, no, it's not too bad. I can get it. And he insisted. He goes, no, I'm going to help you. And he grabs my boxes, throws them in, and just keeps walking. And I said, well, thank you very much. And he turned around and he says, uh, he says to me, I'm, uh, he says, I'm a Marine. That's what Marines do. We help. And he just kept walking. And I thought to myself, wow, why can't I say that? I'm a Christian. That's what Christians do. We help. And as he's walking away, I'm thinking to myself, that, that's a good guy. And I'm thinking, wait a second. That's their tagline, just a few good men. And now I've got myself saying, hey, he's a good guy. Why? Because I now experienced that, he, that a group of people like that are good. And they've been telling me, that, you know, we hear that forever. They're good men. They're good men. They're good men. Doesn't mean anything to me until I experienced it myself. And people might in the community hear that Christians are good people. They're good people. Or they're good people. How do they know? Where have you exemplified Christ making action to let them know that God is good? Stop telling them. No, don't stop telling them. Keep telling them. But also show them along the way as well. Here's some simple ways we can do that. I want you to get creative and think on your own of what you could do because it doesn't come genuine it doesn't come natural to us you have to think to make some of these things happen but number one i wrote down take genuine interest in people's interests take genuine interest in other people's interests when you ask someone about what they're interested in you're going to get their heart and they're you're going to gain their heart i've got a uh a, a couple that has been coming to church recently and got saved and baptized during the program. They've been coming regularly. Their kids are heavy into sports. They, their, their kids play football. And so I ask them regularly, how'd your boys do playing football this week? Do I care how their high school team did? Not really. But I'm showing interest in them and what's an interest to them. And it has drawn us closer together by just asking simply what they're interested, make what they're interested in genuinely an interest to you, and you're going to win people over. Make, take genuine interest in other people's interests. Number two, just a random act of kindness, like that guy at the, at, at, in the parking lot at Menards. Just help. What did that take him? Just, two, just a minute? But that's something I probably will never forget, because how often do people stop and help you with something? That's just not our nature today. It's not in our society. Our society doesn't do that very much anymore. It's all about me getting to the front of the line, me getting to what I need. It's all about me, me, me. And for someone like that to just stop, that was ingrained in him by the Marines. Someone taught him that, and it never left him. How much more could we do that as Christians and use something like that? Just a random act of kindness. Turn over to 3 John chapter 3. 3 John chapter 3. Here's another simple, just a very simple illustration of what you could do. A number of years ago, I was in, um, I was going through a drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts. 
and then I was getting a coffee until I realized there's better coffee than Dunkin' Donuts. And don't think that I'm on your side, Starbucks people. Totally off the point, but here, here I was going through a drive-through at Dunkin' Donuts. And I went to the window to pay for my coffee, and the lady said, no, you don't have to pay for it. The guy in front of you paid for your coffee. And I thought, wow, I don't even know who was up there. I didn't even pay attention who was in front of me. It was some random person who just, out of the goodness of their heart, paid for my coffee. And, they, and, and, they, and the lady at the counter said, they told me to give you this. And what this is, is kind of a track, but it doesn't, have an, it doesn't really have the gospel on it. And in, in fact, it's, it's from um, a church, like a community church. So there'd be a lot of things that we would differ on. But on here is the verse in, thir- in, in 1 John. Oh, I'm sorry, 1 John, not 3 John, excuse me. 1 John chapter 3. I said 3 John. I wrote down the wrong one. 1 John chapter 3, in verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And their simple motive for doing this was putting love into action. And somewhere in their church, they encourage people to do a random act of kindness. Is basically what they're getting across. And this was this cost them this guy probably a dollar fifty two dollars. Can everybody afford something like that? Would that break something? Would that would would that kick you out of? Uh, would that disenroll you from college right now? Some of you are like, yes, it would. <laughs> but I'll tell you that happened to me probably fifteen years ago, and I still have this card, and it's and it made such an impact on me. And that, that someone would do something like that to someone I, I, he, they never met. And for you to do a random act of kindness, maybe, it'd be, maybe it would be just the same thing, paying for someone's drive, drive-through as you're ahead of them in line or something like that. You never know how far that will go to help open up the gospel. For you to hand some lady a track at the, at the window and say, here, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. Wait, how much is it again? Let me check first. It's not a huge order, right? <laughs> And I want you to give them this. They would do that. And for, you, and for them to get a track with no strings attached and know that someone cared about them will, will, will be such an impact far greater than you would ever realize. And so the verse says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We should, our, our actions should follow our words. Be quick. Here's another, another quick another example of ways to, tell, to, to show and tell as a Christian. Take genuine interest in others' interest. Uh, random acts of kindness. Um, how long, you might say, Brother Todd, the two bucks would kill me. I don't have that kind of money laying around. If you're in a grocery, grocery or, or a parking lot, you were to offer to put someone's card away. Did that cost you anything? No. And then just hand them a track. Just a little effort on your part could go a long way with somebody. The next thing I got written down is be quick to brag on God. Be quick to brag on God. How many times in a day does someone ask you, how are you doing today? And to which we reply, fine or 
bad or it was a bad day, whatever you, whatever you answer. But how quickly we could turn and just say, you know what? God has been especially good to me today. What? No, God has been especially good to me today. Let me tell you about it. And for you to start listening off, for them to see that God worked in your life and to stop, step back and think, boy, this, this person really believes this. They really have experienced something that I don't have. And to see that testimony in you. So be quick to brag on God when someone asked you, how are you doing today? And, um, you know, it might not be in a spiritual setting, but you could have a spiritual spin on it and a way to influence somebody by just bragging on God when you have an opportunity. Another one I wrote down, take the initiative to fill a need when you see it. Take the initiative to fill a need when you see it. Um, many times the church office will get requests for people in need. And people will call, but then also people from the church will say, hey, uh, I noticed that so-and-so needs something. Do you think the church could do something about it? And I've heard Pastor Gomez before say, hey, if you see a need, why don't you do something about it? It doesn't have to always be a collective effort from the church. If you saw the need, if God laid that on your heart, why don't you do something about that need? Just take the initiative yourself. Look at uh, James. Turn over to James. Look at this verse in James. And here's where we fall guilty of this at times. Hebrews and James. Uh, Hebrews, James. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. James chapter 2 in verse number... 14, the Bible says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, um, I would call that a need, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? If you are the kind of person that's, that sees someone in need and all you say to them is, God will provide that need for you. God's good. He'll handle it. And you walk by and you have the wherewithal to help that person and you don't. What did that profit that person? Absolutely nothing. When you see a need, realize that God's putting that in your peripheral for you to do something about it. For you to help that person. You might not be able to fill all of the need, but you might be able to help with a little bit of it. You might be able to do something. And that's where the verse says, notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you that the my faith by my works. It's going to take a little bit of faith for you to be able to exercise and help somebody with a need. Telling someone that God is good doesn't really cost you anything. But showing someone that God is good is going to be an investment on your part. 
and it's an investment well worth making. It's going to cost you a little bit, but it's an investment well worth making. Tell, I'm going to say it again. Telling someone that God is good doesn't cost you, but showing them that God is good may cost you something. But wouldn't it be worth them sampling Christ through you? Isn't that what we are, Christians? We ought to be able to exemplify what Christ would do if he was here. Where love is felt, the message is heard. Not original. You've heard that before. And here's what I want to challenge you with today. Make a conscious effort this week to show and tell that they may taste and see. If someone is going to taste and see that the Lord is good, you're going to have to show and tell them that. And it's going to make, may cost you a little something to do that. But I hoped in just, just a few illustrations that I have experienced in my own life how just a small little bit of investment in my life was something that impacted me greatly that I still remember to this day. And you'll never know what that little bit of investment in someone's life, where that will lead them to accepting Christ and, to re and, to re and receive the message of salvation that God is good and that you could give them a taste of the fact that God is good. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We thank the Lord for your goodness to us. Thank you for joining today's Maverick message. We hope that you found this to be inspiring and life-changing. Thank you for listening. God bless. Thank you.